What's up, everybody? Welcome to Freshly Baked Crackers Podcast, episode six? Five. 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 I'm, I'm living in the future. You are. Uh, Ian is a being from the future. <laughs> I am. I am Ian from the future, and we've got... Uh, Old Josh from the past. I'm Josh from, from uh, <laughs> you may know me from such films as Back to the Future 3 and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure as being someone from the past. My favorite, that reference uh, didn't make any sense no. at all. My favorite Western of all time, Back, Back to the, the Future, Future 3. 3. It is. Yeah, it's People just the most well made. Forgiven. Yeah. But uh, I don't They I would don't, be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome back to those of you who have been listening and. Welcome for the first time to new listeners who are always welcome here. Yeah, absolutely. I um, just want to say I hope you guys enjoyed the last episode where we had director Travis Long on the podcast. He was like a legit celebrity person. Yeah, uh, has a real IMDb page in films. He and... has an IMDb page. <laughs> so now that we're legit, you guys are going to start paying for this podcast. Just kidding. This is free. We don't even have sponsors. <laughs> So today, Ian and I, we were going to go on, on a journey. We were going to go on an adventure and then come back and talk about it a little bit and talk a little bit about gaming. But our plan was to go to a local mall that has an all-you-can-play, like for 20 bucks, all-you-can-play video arcade. With the cabinets and everything. Yeah, and there's like 100 games in there, that like Mortal Kombat's and NBA Jams and... All sorts of shit in there, and even old stuff like Donkey Kong and things like that. So we were so excited, and ah. we got there, and it's not open on Sundays. Fucking Sundays. Like, ah. the re- I feel like it's the religious right. That's yeah. who I want to blame for this. Yeah, yeah. But I, I want to say that um, maybe the arcade is my church. Maybe yeah. that's what I would like to do yes. on a Sunday is worship the gods of gaming. I was planning on getting a little spiritual. <laughs> It was going to be a connecting and beautiful thing, and no. No, they needed to rest. Yes. Oh, well. Um, So we don't get to have a nice, beautiful discussion about all these awesome moments we had on these classic arcade games that we love from our childhood. Instead, we're going to talk about the other stuff that we came to talk about today. And the first thing we're going to get into is all the rampant Spidey news. Spidey is in the news. Spidey's all over the news right now. Sorry, these mics are really hot. We're, and I also want to apologize for last week. Our uh, we uh, were using some equipment we're not used to, and uh, we were in a foreign area. Literally, we we actually did that last podcast in Grenada. Uh, <laughs> it was it was quite dangerous, but it didn't uh, sound that great. Beautiful place. Tried to clean it up the best I could, but uh, it didn't sound that great. So I do want to apologize to everybody, and I want to apologize to Travis because he deserved a little bit better quality <laughs> for being our most legitimate kick-ass guest so far. But uh, a lot of really cool stuff was talked about on that one, though. I think definitely, that was really yeah, awesome. I learned a lot. That was an, an enjoyable experience. He's a pretty cool cat. Yeah, definitely. Um, but anyway, back to the Spidey news. So the big thing that happened this week was. Supposedly because of the movie The Interview, (laughs) some North Koreans hacked Sony and released all this information from all these emails that they had had stored or backlogged or whatever on their servers. And crazy information like that they're working on a 21 Jump Street uh, Men in Black crossover Yeah, I'd I'd forgotten about that. That was Um, weird. But one of the big things, not one of the big things, the big thing, the the most important thing to us... 
is uh, the information that there were talks going on between them and Marvel slash Disney about basically getting help with the Spidey series. Yeah, actually having a, a financial boost and a little creative boost. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any kind of argument to say that Spider-Man is the biggest character in Marvel history. Yeah. I mean, I would think he would be. I mean, I don't know who would be bigger than Spider-Man. Wolverine, maybe. Maybe Wolverine, but Spider-Man, I mean... He's everywhere. The, his con, I mean, the, the 90s cartoon. All, I mean, He's had was, the most animated iterations sure. of the Marvel series, really. He was on the Electric Company back in the 70s. There was like a live-action <laughs> Spider-Man thing. I remember being a kid, and there were live-action Spider-Man movies that were like real cheap from the, from the 70s right. or 80s. So, I mean, he's definitely the best character in their wheelhouse, and Sony just can't do anything with him. Yeah, yeah they seem Amazing to have a hard Spider-Man time. Amazing Spider-Man 2 was a pile of dog shit. Amazing Spider-Man was so good, though. I, I really enjoyed it as like a, a reboot. I mean, I, I did too. we didn't need a reboot, but I thought it was really well done. Yeah, I thought it was really, really... Uh, it was cool. I thought I liked the way they handled Lizard. I liked yeah. Dennis Leary's yeah. character in it. I think Garfield is a kick-ass He's Spider-Man. He's a great Peter Parker. I can't think of anybody out there who might be a better Peter Parker right now. I think that he's the best person for the job. Yeah, we might need to find somebody that uh, has been unseen. At least in costume. Yeah. His voice in that costume is perfect. Yeah. He does seem a little too cool to be Peter Parker yeah, sometimes. Yeah, he, he does. Outside of the... Uh, holds himself together a little better than yeah. Peter tended to in the comics. Uh, but I did like what you were talking about, about uh, this could finally be the way to edge Donald Glover in. Yeah. To, to be... Yeah, because to, to go farther into what happened, so so these talks broke down between Sony and Marvel at some point, and that was going to be it. That was... We weren't going to get... What was going on is, is they basically wanted Marvel to come in on a producer side, and they would allow Spider-Man to be in Cap 3. Because right. if anybody knows anything about the Civil War storyline, is that Spider-Man is integral he plays to the way the it fence. is in the comics. Yeah. Um, so to have him in the movie, and just to have him in the fucking Avengers is yeah. awesome. He's an Avenger sometimes. Yeah, definitely. So he needs to, he, it would be kick-ass for him to be in it anyway. So it all broke down. It's not going to happen because... Uh, or it broke down and it wasn't going to happen because Sony wanted to remain in creative control of the character in film and just have Disney Marvel come on as a producer. But Disney Marvel's like, no, listen, you guys be the producers. It'll be made under your banner, but we'll take creative control and we'll fix the fucking right. character. Instead of doing a goddamn Sony's like, movie. no, fuck that. We own it. We're doing it our way. Right. So they canceled it. Well, because of that was Sony America. So Sony... Japan, the main company of Sony, their owner finds out about this because of the leaked emails. He was not aware <laughs> that they were even in these talks. Right. And he basically, like I said uh, to my wife, he basically treated treated Sony America like a child. He was <laughs> like, you better go over there and apologize to the Marvel people <laughs> and try to get them to help you because they can make a fucking superhero movie. Right. And you're losing a shit ton of money for us. You know, like... Uh, so now it's back on, and to the point where the CEO of Sony has has basically come out and said, no, 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 Marvel can have complete creative control of everything. Right. You guys tell us how to do it. We'll just we'll produce, produce it. it and make it. You guys <laughs> come in here and fix it, and you can have Spider-Man in your world too, which is every comic book it's fucking fan's awesome. dream right yeah. now for that to happen. The bad part is Disney and Marvel have said that if this all goes through, Andrew Garfield's out. Yeah, they don't want him They to want be. to completely reboot the character yeah. and the story from the beginning. Which kind of sucks. Because, as we just said... He's good. He's awesome. He's really, really fun. But it could open the door for Donald Glover. Yeah. Which, which there are for a few people 
in the like Donald Glover is a nerd prince. He's yeah. one of he's <laughs> one of our royalty in our world of geekdom. Like, Definitely. Between community and his stand-up career and his it's writing hip-hop. for 30 Brock and his work as Childish Gambino, like he's fucking awesome. Yeah, we, he's a great dude. The people that have microphones in front of them right now really like Donald Glover. <laughs> so we would be big fans of him being Spider-Man. I would yeah. I think a Miles Morales Spider-Man would be cool. I think that'd be fine. It's been a run that's been doing very well in the comics, too. I think it'd be a really good thing for them to bank on. Now, one thing about that, though, is that, obviously, those of us that read comics are way more open to shit than people who watch these movies. And we've we've got a female Thor right now, you know? We're like, fuck yeah, let's try it. Yeah, why not? See what she can do, you know? People, you know... They go to these movies like, no, Chris fucking Hemsworth, that's fucking Thor. Right, Don't come right. in here with no January Jones <laughs> being being Thor. <laughs> um so I don't know. I don't know what people because there's just dumbass people who are going to be like, no, Peter Parker's a white guy. Well, we've got a lot more decades of seeing these characters, and I think that having the fresh approach isn't quite as a shock to us. You know, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the grand scheme of Marvel has not been around for very long. I just want to see Robert Downey Jr. and Donald Glover just chewing up scenes together. I think <laughs> those wonderful. guys would be fantastic yeah, and shit They'd together. play off each other so well. Oh, so good. Yeah. Um, so that's the big Spidey news this week. Um, get on the Facebook page. Let us know what you guys think about the whole Spider-Man thing. And the... I- the thing I was reading on Latina Review is just saying, too, that they're talking about then. Side note, until about 20 <laughs> minutes ago, Ian had no idea that Latino Review was a reputable uh, comic and film website for I thought news. Google was fucking with me. I he really did. Like, what, what is this? Latino is this some Review. strange Latino website? Like, no, oh, no, 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 no. A, t- a titan <laughs> in, in the movie news business, right. Latino Review. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, but they were saying that, you know, this sort of looks like uh, it would make Marvel then snub the uh, Aunt May film and the uh, all-female Is there film, anything possibly? worse that you've ever heard of as far as an idea an for Aunt a comic May book film fucking movie. than a prequel, a Spider-Man prequel about <laughs> Aunt May being... Being a secret agent. But but Steph had a great idea, and I think that this would actually be a fun film to watch, is that actually the entire time Aunt May knew that Peter was Spider-Man, and she's secretly been behind the scenes cleaning up all of the bullshit that he messes up those little okay. bits of times, and still also keeps it under wraps that she realizes. And he thinks he's, you know, fixed these problems, but it's really been her kind of cleaning up behind okay. him all the time. I think that would be fucking entertaining. Okay, let's shoot this out there then. Okay. <laughs> Keep it in the same, the amazing Spider-Man world, the Andrew Garfield world. Who plays the young Sally Field character? Who right now, who do we cast as young Aunt May, the secret agent? Oh. Oh. Yeah, I just, can we just cancel the film? Eliza Dushku? <laughs> okay, sure. Give her some work. What's she been yeah, doing? She's, she just shows up on the league once in a while. Oh, yeah, that's true. So we shouldn't ever take sips of our water at the same time. Yeah. That was a real weird, uncomfortable, <laughs> gulpy silence for a second. I apologize to everyone out uh, there. But yeah, I think I think that like to say that someone is grasping at fucking straws when you're like, I don't know, like like how how drunk is everybody at Sony? Right. Like, I don't know, maybe Aunt May is like just... a fucking secret agent or something. <laughs> just like, okay, fuck, sure. we'll throw money at that. Let's try to make that happen. Right. Not let's try to not fuck up a Venom story. Right. Or, I don't know, 
anything. Sp- they weren't going to do a, a third time. Spider-Man. They were going to do a Sinister Six movie first yeah. that doesn't have Spider-Man. Doesn't in even it? have him as a character. Yeah. What is that? How does that even make sense? Like, well, who, well, who what? <laughs> who is who's fighting? Who's fighting maybe, these guys? Maybe if he was in it as the antagonist, that would be pretty entertaining. But they're talking about not even having him in it. So what yeah. are they doing? It's just Sinister Six kicking over trash cans and pushing old ladies. In I the would street. imagine. Like, I like. I I hear, just see like. In my head, I see like these guys, not like the vultures, not even flying. He's walking in the streets. They're all just, and it's like the keystone, it's playing. And then it's like zany and little fucking adventures that the Sinister Six get into. Like, they're not that sinister. You know, they, <laughs> right. they all jaywalk together and, re- and remake the Abbey Road cover and shit. Like, they're just it's mildly like, annoying. Yeah. It's just a group of, of hipsters. They're like the monkeys. <laughs> They're doing, Shenanigans. They're doing cart somersaults out in the street and stuff. Crazy. Oh, the Sinister Six. They're back again being sinister. Oh, how no, sinister. I just thought that all the ideas that they were that was and like and I don't mean this to be in a sexist the way at all, but like an, like taking all the female characters out of Spider Man and making a movie about them. Yeah. Like they're just I feel like that Sony is just like there's a room where they're just sitting there like, what movies are big? Bridesmaids. All right, how do we make a Spider-Man movie about bridesmaids? Like, right. Th- that's not going to make sense, guys. You no. can't, everything, just because that made money doesn't mean it translates into everything. Right. It's like, well, that, that uh, Agent Carter show about Haley Atwell when she's a young Agent Carter before S.H.I.E.L.D., that's working. Maybe we can have Aunt May be a super spy. Like, what the right. fuck are you guys talking about? That doesn't make any sense at all. Do you guys read the fucking comic books that you're making movies about? No, I think that's the problem. They just don't Jesus at all. Christ. That's... Go make Archie movies. Yeah. You, the shit you guys are coming up with sounds like it would be great Archie stories. Yeah, really. Like, Veronica used to be a super spy. Oh, okay, that's great. And Jughead was a uh, uh, limousine driver. Right. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a great one. See that. But uh, I, I just I think that, fuck, the, the only thing that they can... The only way they can get out of this tailspin of Spider fucking Doom is getting Marvel involved. Yeah. Like, even even Fox figured out with Days of Future Past. I'm not saying Days of Future Past is a perfect movie by no. any, any means, but it does a lot at least they stuff. figured out that, okay, here's what the fuck people like. They like this Days of Future Past storyline. Right. Let's make a movie out of that. Yeah, exactly. Instead of let's fucking write new stories yeah. that aren't very good. We've got years of plot lines we can just pull from the fucking or source material. start hiring comic book writers to write Yeah, exactly. Get, like they got fucking Joss Whedon making the goddamn Avengers. Right. Like, get Chris, Chris Claremont involved. Yeah. Get uh, yeah. Jeff Loeb involved. Get right. some of these people who are like who've written. Get Frank Miller in here. Yeah, exactly. Get people who've written some of these great series over the years, and have them throw inputs in. Even if you're going to come up with a new plot line, a new right. idea, and a just new, have comic book guys uh, write. Them. Yeah, a new thread that's going to run through these movies. Get people who fucking know what they're doing yeah. with this. Don't get the people that wrote the fucking Cider House Rules or whatever the, <laughs> whatever the fuck these people are. You right. Know, get, People who are genuinely passionate about this shit. Don't yeah. get people that you have to give a case of Captain America fucking books to and be like, right. here, can you fucking figure out who Captain Catch America is and, and direct and, a movie? Yeah. Get the fucking Russo brothers who are like, bitch, we fucking have that boxes of Captain <laughs> yeah. America stuff already. We don't need, we'll give we you some. We already wrote you a script, dude. Yeah. yeah. We've got more stuff than you guys can give us. We've been <laughs> right. collecting this shit since we were kids. Like, get those, get the actual fans in there. Yeah. You know, if you weren't going to make a movie about baseball, you wouldn't get some fucking dip shit that doesn't know anything about baseball right. to direct it. You would get a fucking baseball fan. Yeah, exactly. Who's also a director. You know, that's why Robert Redford is real. The natural is really good. <laughs> right. Because Robert Redford fucking is a huge fan of baseball. Yeah, and exactly. He, he like really loves the game and all that kind of shit. So like, 
he gets involved and puts his fingers in it, and the thing looks like it, it comes off as something that someone who fucking loves baseball would make. Right. You know, uh, Peter Berg making Friday Night Lights. Yeah. He's a huge fan of fu- that story. His cousin wrote the story. It's from his, where oh, his cousin's from. Yeah. He fu- so the movie fucking turned out really good, in my opinion. Some people out there are like, that movie's fucking stupid. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Not really. Thanks for listening. We like you. You're awesome. We just have a different opinion on the movie Friday Night Lights, I guess. I thought it was good. I liked it. And, uh, all the music from Explosions in the Sky on it. I thought that was yeah, really good. I'm indifferent. I've not seen it. So oh, well, you should. Good. It's really cool. And there's a progressive rock band called, uh, or what was it? post-rock, they would call it, Explosions okay. in the Sky, that does all the music for it. And then it's like an instrumental outfit of rock. Oh, guy. It's pretty cool. Um, besides that, this week, we've had, uh, and like, as we talk about the whole bad idea of Aunt May and like, because, you know, like, making a movie like that, going back and making a prequel movie, it all started with the goddamn prequels, with the yeah. Star Wars prequels, and everybody has to make a prequel. Everybody has to tell you where the fucking shit you like comes from. Right. And, like, <laughs> a, with some of these prequels, the problem that arises with it, in my opinion, is that it negates the actual story that you like. Like, some shit in it makes the fucking shit you're watching wrong. Yeah, exactly. So, like... Like the idea of Aunt May being a super fucking spy. Well, that makes the fucking Spider-Man movies weird because she's not a... Bu- you know, even though you like think, well, that's kind of a cool spin, it also right. kind of negates the fucking movies and yeah. who she is as a character. That's true. So that's when this whole... This thing they announced recently, this King Kong prequel called yeah. Kong Skull... Well, first it was just called Skull Island. It's like, okay, that could be cool. Just kind of a movie about this island, where they come from. And right. Like, you know, now they've retitled it Kong Skull Island. So and they've the, talked the very Kong much franchise. that it's about the Kongs and the and the mm-hmm. T-Rexes. So, in my mind, they've not announced this, but I've already envisioned that this movie is about Kong versus T-Rex. Right. And it's going to be very, very CGI-driven, very few yeah. human characters, and it's going to be about these Kongs and stuff. So you know what you're going to do? Because And this is all because Donna, Planet of the Apes, and, right. and, and the Planet of the Apes films coming back and being fucking big money makers. Right. So now they're going to humanize the Kongs. Right. Which makes the fucking movie King Kong not make any sense. Right. If King Kong's now your buddy... <laughs> yeah, then he's Because not... he's the fucking... And, you know, he's the antagonist... Or the protagonist from the fucking new prequel. He's right. the hero. Then all of a sudden, I guess it still means the same kind of in King Kong. But then you have to watch King Kong and feel sorry for him the whole time. You'd feel There's even never... shittier. He's yeah. definitely a slave at that point. Yeah. Because you were made to... To he, care about to him as a hero. hero. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I'm not saying that's what the movie's going to be, but from the descriptions, that's what it fucking sounds like. Yeah. And I just think that's a goddamn terrible idea. Right. Like, don't... I don't want to know that... Like, I don't want the fucking... I don't need to know that much about the dinosaurs, the T-Rexes on fucking Skull Island. Right. Like, these movies don't need to be made. Like, no. these things that... These are... When we talk about unnecessary films, when they're just like, let's just fucking see if we can tear a piece off that other movie. Well, and, and if make they explain shit to death, it stops having that cool. Like as of right now, it's like Skull Island is just some fucking weird place within yeah. time and space. What the fuck is it? Who sure. knows? But then it's like, nah, it's just T Rexes still kind of live there because evolution. It's like, right. oh well, that fucking boring. I so don't it's care. Jura- it's Jurassic Park. Uh, yeah, exactly. See, here's what <laughs> it's they need to do. Park they should use that Skull Island movie to tie in Jurassic Park and Lost. There we it go. Should all be yeah, one it's just like, it's all the same. Oh, it's like the same island. Like, yeah, this was a fucking really good idea. <laughs> this spanned decades. Yeah, this is <laughs> this has got so many moving parts to it. How did they even think of this? Uh, fucking, didn't. but uh, what were we just uh, besides loss? I was tied into. I can't think of what I said. Something Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Yeah. So something that we. Which I'll let you talk about the idea that we we read an article. Was that a cracked? It was article? a cracked article. Yeah, a cracked article about the idea that 
Jurassic World, the new Jurassic Park, is secretly a comedy movie. <laughs> it's actually a comedy film, yeah. Explain that. Well, they're talking about, if you look at uh, the main characters in the movie, all of the people that we've seen at least so far in the trailers are major comedic people. I mean, we've got... Uh, Chris Pratt, for sure. one, who has come on record saying that this is not Star-Lord. This is a deadpan, serious character. Yeah. But they also cite that a lot of the dialogue is uh, that we see is very, you know... Ham-fisted. Hammy ham-ham. Oh, yeah. You know, so there's that. And then we've got... Uh, uh, of course, I can't remember her name now. Kitty from Arrested Development. Uh, Judy Greer. Judy Greer sure. uh, is going to be in there. Uh, and then the guy who's the, the head boss in the office, the American office... Uh, with the brunette hair above Michael Scott. Yeah, uh, David Wallace. Uh, yeah, David, David Wallace. Wallace. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, um, so um, you know, the, all of these people are major comedians. Huge. I mean, and we've got the guy who's directing it. The only thing he's directed otherwise has been the uh, Safety Not Guaranteed, uh, guaranteed yeah. which is also a dark comedy. An independent dark comedy. And yeah. then we've got shit like Chris Pratt writing in a motorcycle gang of velociraptors. The only way that that scene could be goofy is if there was a sidecar... <laughs> <laughs> and one of the fucking raptors was in the sidecar with a helmet on. Just yeah. around him. Yeah, yeah, like, wait, what? those fuckers wouldn't be running alongside you having a blast. One would just tackle your shit right. and eat your face off. <laughs> yeah. There's not like a let's all gallop together. Those are fucking killers. Right, yeah, those exactly. Those are monsters that eat everything. This is just, it's looking to be goofy as hell, which, but they're they're all swearing that this is a serious movie. If and the trailer goof, feels I'm, serious. I hope so, so I much. do too. I think a parody of it would make it so much better than it just a, a so reboot funny, or yeah. something, you know, playing on the fact that the other two were fucking absurdly bad. Even you the know? scene, like when you see the fucking kids riding around in the fucking ball thing, yeah, like that thing is easily smashed by that giant and dinosaur shown next in, to later it. Later in the yeah, scene, just smashed, smashed to bits. Yeah. <laughs> Not a good idea. Like, God, like this seems like, <laughs> yeah, it seems like a parody, like almost like. The, this is the Jurassic movie that exists in the world that Jurassic Park really happened. Right. Like the, someone's yeah. <laughs> making a slappy stick movie about this whole Jurassic Park thing that we know happened. Right. Which really, if you think about it, would be an incredibly controversial film in its yeah. universe. I mean, as with all the sit in San Francisco in the second film, like yeah. this is a fucking tragedy that's now an airplane. How do they play into that? Riot. How do they play that into like uh, the idea that there's another Jurassic Park that, like, after what happened in the other ones. That somebody was like, nope, let's keep going this with this dress. Yeah, we should still do it. I think instead, though, we should have the people in the cage behind the walls just in glass balls. I think that would make it a little bit better. Uh, you know, it's uh, like, who the fuck is coming up with this the, park? The idea? opening scene like is so ridiculous. Like that gigantic fucking uh, alligator looking oh, thing. Oh, he's snapping out, the shark. Eating, eating a great white shark. Yeah. Like, and then you look at it and you're like, okay, if that thing's that big, then that thing's. In, that tank it's in is the size of a it's coffin. It's got to be a humongous. Yeah, it's, that like, thing is so tiny. Because, like, the tank, <laughs> like, you imagine it's not going to be as big as it, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, fuck, it takes up the whole tank. And right. Like, this thing's in a fucking coffin. Like, this doesn't <laughs> make is, any how does sense. He turn around? They, they made it too big for the tank. They should have CGI'd that different. Oh, it looks so goofy CGI wise. Yeah. I hope. I want to get drunk and go to it and yeah. just have a fucking blast. Oh, God. I think it's going to be hilarious. I think we should go into it. Thinking it's gonna be a oh, comedy. it's it's a modern seeing, day B movie, you know. Yeah, seeing what our reaction to is, people when people were walking out, people were like, "Oh God, it was intense." Blah blah blah. And we're just like, like, "Oh, oh my God, so it's the funny. fucking laugh riot of the year." <laughs> I'm getting more and more excited about it after having read that article too. Yeah, thinking about that. Just like, I was oh, impartial. God, this is like the fucking CGI looking of the gate when it, it opens oh, in the beginning God, it looks so worse than the garbage-y. fucking gate in the Super Nintendo game back in the day. <laughs> 
It's terrible looking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I hope because it's going to probably be a train wreck if not. Right. <laughs> you know, it's... Well, since we were going to talk games today, let's talk games a little bit. Like, what uh, what kind of shit have you been playing lately? What, well, what's since your, I've uh, gotten the old Wii U, we've yes, been... Yes, Ian, Ian recently had a birthday. Yeah. Uh, the day after our last uh, episode was Ian's birthday, actually. Yep, Black Friday. And Ian got a Wii U. My first Nintendo system since the GameCube. My uh, my parents had a Wii, but I didn't... Some people eh. would say Nintendo's first system since the GameCube. <laughs> oh, first Wii one joke. worth the damn. Uh, and I really enjoy it. What I did first pass off is kind of a gimmick with the two screen thing um i did a dumbly uh, palm slap myself and i realized that i'd had so much fun with the ds and i was like well this sure. is just a large ds really um and then i started I, what i've done is uh, assassin's creed 3 i picked uh -huh. that up i didn't get to finish that one um it looks amazing all of the hud elements are taken off the screen so it's like you're watching a movie and right. it's all put right on the game pad i think you can that's touch really through cool. there and see the map it's it's very uh it's actually utilizing it instead of just being like and some games use it as a gimmick you know it's just like draw on the screen to make a thing happen right you know it's like hey, i don't know about that but this is really cool it, it clears up the clutter from the game you know it, it you can see all of the graphics and all the stuff the way it needs to uh but then you have stuff like uh hyrule warriors which is the thing that i've been really enjoying sure. like crazy right now yeah you've been uh, talking about that a lot and uh, it's it's basically dynasty warriors in hyrule you know in the zelda universe and uh it, it's not a zelda game you can't go into it thinking you're going to be playing fucking zelda right, you're right. playing dynasty warriors um but it Much does like, have do you remember those spin-off mortal Kombat games they had at one point they had oh, like that sub-zero slide yeah. scrolling game and there was the one with Liu Kang and uh, and was it Raiden and I think I never or, played uh, that one. I no, Liu Kang and I remember uh, like as like I remember when we lived in my hometown coming here for something for school shopping and I'd like save money up and I might like convince my mom to let me buy that fucking Sub Zero game. Right, it's the biggest piece. It of was shit. awful. Oh, it was terrible. Anyway, oh, they were so bad. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a fucking blast. It's just murdering the shit out of things in the Zelda universe. But it does have things like you have to pick up tools to get you to certain areas. So it sure. feels Zelda-y. Right. Um, but it does the stuff where, like, if you're playing split screen, you don't actually have a split screen. You have your screen on the gamepad controller, and your buddy plays on the TV. So it's not... You can go run over the a fucking complete other side of the map. doesn't matter. You're not tethered to anything. That's really I think cool. it's really nice. And uh, the range on it is dependent on, like, the walls in your house. It's yeah. weird. Like, I can play all the way on the other end of the bedroom, but if I go into the bathroom because there's a wall, the gamepad stops connecting. Okay. Uh, but it does give you a little bit of range... And uh, you can use that to play games like. I'm your... surprised they haven't come out with some sort of expander, like uh, like with Wi-Fi signals in your house, so you yeah. can get the things. Because you know, there's somebody who wants to shit and play. Smash yeah, ex Brothers. exactly. Hey guys, hold on a second. I gotta I gotta handle this. Keep it going, guys. <laughs> I'm gonna be in here. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the the proper way to do it. But yeah, taking a Samus shit. <laughs> Samus shit. It's toxic. That's right. Uh, ooh. The, but yeah, it's great fucking Mario. It's the first real feeling Mario game in a long time. The 3D world is really cool. Awesome. It's a, and that's yeah. the name of that one is? Uh, Super, it's Super Mario 3D World. Okay. Yeah, and it's kind of a combo of like uh, Mario 64 and the original side-scrollers. You have like a whole okay. map you kind of run around and there's depth to it. You can't punch things, but okay. you know, they're new costumes. You're a cat, which is weird. But you can claw shit. There are fatalities. Up walls. Fatalities, yeah, it's really, babalities. It's really strange. It's really strange. Uh, well, that, that's another <laughs> uh, another uh, great example of like bullshit becoming reality is that like all those rumors and stuff about 
babalities and, and, <laughs> and stuff like that. They wound up putting them Actually in later in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. yeah, friendships were so amazing. Friendship. But I know you've been playing some really good shit lately too. Yeah, I've been. I went fucking hog wild on Black Friday. Also, since I already had a next gen system, I just picked up a shit ton of games. The old PlayStation Four. I'm PS4 in it. Uh, if you are out there, JKUSS80, JKUS80 is me on P on PlayStation Network. Fucking holler at your boy. Um, I actually put that up. We there was a, a big thread going on the Joe Rogan podcast Facebook page, and I got like three new friends from posting my shit. Oh, on nice! There. But uh, yeah, I've been playing mostly Far Cry Four, of course, the sequel to quite possibly my favorite game of all time. Oh yeah, definitely. And I've really, too. really liked it. I've now today after you showed me how to fix the driving controls, <laughs> now I fucking love it right. because I was. Not too fucking stoked about the driving mechanics yeah. in it, but now I love it because it's bad. I, I know the new driving mechanics are probably cool, and I'm sure there's a lot you can do with them, but I'm just stuck in I'm an old curmudgeon yeah. in my control, in my driving. Like, what a, <laughs> yeah, how, what a thing to be an old curmudgeon about. Just like, I'm my a curmudgeon about my controls. driving controls on my next-gen video games. And here I am, the young buck, and I love it. Yeah, and, and you're like, I love it. I'm like, you kids and your new driving controls. And, and drive forward. Yeah, because I've, of course, been getting into that on the 360. Sure. Yeah. But uh, fucking just such an awesome game. The de- just the yeah. world is so it's so much bigger than the other world, and it's so fucking awesome. The like, mountains and stuff. It's such a neat yeah. uh, area. The background I think is very yeah, cool. It's very awesome. I almost want to like. I almost wish that it was colder here, so I could crack a window open and have like a cold breeze rolling <laughs> through while I was playing shit, in the mountains. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Far Cry Four. Uh, so far, so good. It's really awesome. I find myself feeling the same way I felt about the last one, where I would. I wake up and get excited about going to the the world that it right. you know, takes place in. Like this morning, I was I woke up at five o'clock this morning. No reason, right? It's like, well, fuck, I might just go in there and play a little fucking Far Cry. I didn't yeah. wind up doing it, but I was I was almost there. <laughs> Wanted to head to Cairo. Um, yeah. So that that's been pretty awesome. Um, uh, but then, uh, fuck, what's it? Middle Earth no, Shadows, Shadows of, of Mordor, Mordor. Yeah, is a super interesting game, and I haven't really. Been, because I've been, I just got too many games at once, and I've been going into Far Cry Four. <laughs> I haven't really gotten to play Shadows of Mordor that much, but the whole uh, nemesis system, but how these fucking characters hold grudges against you yeah, and get pissed, and as they fight you, they move up in rank in their army, and they show you all that, like how this dude, because you know you die several times, you, one of them kills you, he moves up in rank, he's right. now a captain or something, he's moved up in his army, <laughs> right? And then he's more. But next time you fucking fight him, he's going to be more powerful, and he's going to be even harder for you to kill because he killed you before. So it's like nice. It's a fucking hard game. Yeah, I can um, imagine. But it's a very. It's it looks very fun from what I've played. I probably logged maybe an hour into it. To okay. be honest with you, maybe an hour and a half tops. Right. Um, but it, it, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it a lot. Maybe we could do a playthrough video or something here. Yeah. We need to do it. We need to start doing some video game playthrough videos now, especially yeah. since my system's we back. Do that and on I got your PS4, a yeah. Shit ton of games and stuff too. Um, Evil Within. Yeah, I, I really um, want to pick that up. We, my wife and I, my wife was a huge fan of the original few uh, Resident Evils, as was I. I liked the first couple oh, of yeah. them, and so we uh, picked that one up. And it, it seems like it's going to be a cool game once again didn't have time to play much of it. That's what happens when you buy six games in one day. <laughs> yeah, you get inundated. Uh, besides that, I've, I haven't cracked open Tomb Raider because I already played it for 360, yeah. but I do want to try it out again. The for comparison PS4. of the graphics is supposed to be very nice yeah. from what I've seen. Uh, my wife played through the first chapter of Walking Dead Season 2. Nice. And said it's pretty fucking kick-ass. I just she finished really the first it. episode, yeah. Um, and that's about it, I guess. I, uh, besides that, Last of Us, uh, yeah, that's about it. But uh, yeah, Far Cry Four right now is like 
taken up all my time yeah. as far as fun alone. Time I think it's going to take should. my game of the year again. Uh, yeah. I'm really liking Hyrule Warriors just for the addictive nature. Of I really it. want to play it. Uh, it's it's a fucking blast. I'll bring the bring the Wii over next time. Yeah, it's, it's small. It's yeah, easy to we take. need to do a little gaming day uh, over here. We but Far Cry. It's just it's one of those things where like the and the immersive. God, the immersiveness of it is just so amazing. Like, just being dropped into this world and just kind of like, here you go, do whatever the fuck you feel you more want like that here, than you, you feel know? like you're playing the game. You feel more like you're going to this yeah. place. Yeah, and and you're trekking through and you're learning the mountains and and the yeah. areas and, and where to hunt and stuff. Sure. I think that's so cool. You get to kind of adapt uh, to it. But I, I do think getting to see the comparison between the 360 and the PlayStation 4, I can see some differences. It because of the way that they built it, uh, you know, native on the PC and scaled it down for each system. Uh, you can really tell that it is pushing as much as sure. it can. Uh, really, the shadow effects, the, the blacks are a little better. There are more mm -hmm. ranges of that, I could see. And uh, the, the opening plants, cinematic looked like a film. Yeah. On the I think it looked great. It, it's, it, I think other than GTA V, it's the best-looking thing I've seen sure. on the 360. Uh, Which it, is my next, uh, that's my next foray. I, I get that first well, person That, that will be our first uh, gaming video. We're going yeah. to try out here in the next week or so before Ian heads back home. We're going to try out... Uh, Oh, I guess that's the... Oh, yeah, I leave on Wednesday, It's on Wednesday, yeah. so never mind. <laughs> It'll be not. the new year, yeah. The new year, we're going to come... Uh, the, a trial video, we're going to come up and do a, a playthrough of the new first-person shooter mode on uh, Grand Theft Auto V. I'm, fuck, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be kick -ass. It looks so incredible from the videos. I mean, it's just such a neat... And to completely build the interiors of every car yeah. in the world, yeah. just the draw distances, it's, it's amazing. I've always been... I've always... I love first-person shooters, too. I, I, I It's... Obviously, with Far Cry, I mean, yeah. I love the Uncharted games, but I mean, they could be first person, it really, <laughs> right? But yeah. it really wouldn't make sense in those games. Yeah, I, that's my number one game looking forward to next year. Actually, oh, yeah, is Uncharted. Uncharted yeah. yeah, that's gonna be fucking kick ass. Oh, yeah. The last Uncharted three and Uncharted two were two of the fucking best times I've ever that's had playing video really games too. Into, yeah, yeah. fucking so much fun, and they're re-releasing all of them for the PS4. Oh, They've nice. redone them all. They're coming out. Around the time of four, they're all going to put the first cool. three out, all redone HD graphics. We also know this year that we're going to finally, they're not redoing the graphics. It is just going to be the uh, special edition, but we're going to get Final Fantasy VII on a next-gen console. Oh, awesome. So, cool. finally. It's been a long time since I played yeah. that game. Oh, my favorite Final Fantasy. Oh, yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. Too. I, yeah. I'm so looking forward to Cloud and Sephiroth yeah. and Barrett and Tifa and everybody again. <laughs> Join the old gang. Oh, God. Yeah. I had so much fun game. playing that, and I remember uh, uh, Goddamn before that on Super Secret of Mana. Secret of Mana, With yeah. The goddamn flammy drum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> playing that flammy drum. <laughs> Uh, shout out to my good buddy Sheffy if by chance you're ever listening to this because he loved the fucking flammy drum. <laughs> He'd throw a flammy drum down right now nice. if he fucking could. Uh, yeah, so I feel like uh, it took a little bit, but this very end of this year here, we got hit with a shit ton of cool PS4 games. Yeah. And I think the PS4 is now worth it. I think everybody but the uh, the Xbox is doing really well. I mean, the, yeah. the Wii has uh, the numbers over Black Friday were fantastic for yeah. it. And this lineup with... Uh, Black Friday changed the Wii. Yeah, it, it did. It, it breathed new life into it. I think it's going to be great. I mean, we've yeah. got with Hyrule Warriors and the new Smash Brothers is awesome. Oh, the new uh, Smash Brothers is just fucking getting one good review after the other. It, well, it's fucking Smash Brothers. And yeah. you can use your GameCube controller however you like to play it. Well, if it it's, ain't broke, don't fix exactly. it. Just improve on it. Oh, God. That's one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. And then we've got coming up the new Zeldas coming out next year. I mean, it's late next year, but still... 
as 2015. That looks incredible. It's probably the most anticipated uh, game in the world right yeah. now, I would say. Uh, maybe, or Red Dead 2. Yeah, Red Dead 2 is probably, especially after seeing this first-person stuff. Oh, if we get, I didn't even think about that. If we Red get Dead. Red Dead Redemption yeah. 2 with first-person shooter mode. <laughs> it would be amazing. I'm, That's it. I'm just, I'm just going to send my wife <laughs> off somewhere because I'm going to be useless to everyone. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm quitting my job. That's, that's it. That's what uh, I saw a picture of it on Reddit. That's what uh, that's what PlayStation Four games are. Every one of them is a month of, <laughs> of birth control. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, there so you go. <laughs> um, so good stuff. Yeah, I mean, hit up hit us up on Facebook too. Tell us what you guys have been playing. I know yeah. uh, uh, a buddy of mine. I saw on Facebook a buddy of mine's younger brother has been playing Diablo Three. I've heard oh, a lot of good great. stuff about that. Yeah, I just that. picked that up on the 360. Um, I know that a lot of people are waiting. I know. I know uh, Kellen. A guy who listens to this podcast actually um, is an Xbox One, or I'm pretty sure. I'm okay. pretty sure he was way into Titanfall and some stuff like that. Nice. And I'd I'd like to. I wouldn't mind getting the perspective of somebody who actually. I don't. I haven't played one second of Xbox One. Me I either. Haven't, I haven't yeah. checked it out at all. I just read um, reviews and make snarky yeah. comments. Um, I really fuck. I, I do respect the hell out of them for the Killer Instinct thing because yeah. I love Killer Instinct. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. And Titanfall looked kick ass. Yeah. I'm not um, super into the online stuff, but the, yeah. I like mechs, so that was kind yeah, of drawing me. Yeah, that's the thing. In. I the do too. I love cool, mechs. So, um, so I, but I just, there's nothing for the. I mean, even looking forward to like the Halo, like, the new Halo fucked up. The yeah, they're they talking about all kinds whatever, of. But, it's practically unplayable, from what I've heard. But uh, there's the there's Unity. nothing coming out for Xbox exclusively that makes me want to buy an Xbox One. Me either. Uh, Sunset Overdrive looks like it'd be really fun. Yeah, kind of looks like it feels like uh, a little jet set uh-huh. in there, which I loved. Uh, but again, it's one game is not going to draw me towards it when uh, PlayStation 4 is, is already pulling me in with, again, the Uncharted series and uh, getting um, uh, The Last of Us, you know, that kind of stuff. I've, two games over one. I'm not, already Naughty Dog right now is, is killing it yeah. with PlayStation. I mean... Oh, yeah. We've also been. I've I've heard that there's going to be like a super HD brand new Banjo Kazooie too. Oh really? Yeah. Supposedly Ooh. we're going to get like some stupid, crazy, cool That'd fucking awesome. Banjo Kazooie. Um, Naughty Dog's not fucking around. Yeah. Man. They really. I really dig their shit a lot. I really Uncharted. I know that a lot of people give Uncharted kind of a hard time because it is kind of like a playable movie. But there's a lot of action. There's a lot of shooting into it. There's a lot of puzzle solving into it. I find it fucking fun. Well, and my wife like will sit and just Raider, watch it. Know, like, she'll just hang out and fucking yeah. watch. Because, literally, the three Uncharted games are better at what they are than the new Indiana Jones movie, the National <laughs> Treasure films. Right. The I mean, there's a better story in those games, in each three of those games, than there is in the fucking Da Vinci Code movies. Right. It As far as, like, the treasure hunting aspect of shit... The story is fucking kick-ass. Like, yeah. it makes you want to know what the fuck's going to happen next. Like, nice. you really do enjoy it. And the playable aspect of it just makes it even cooler. Well, you know, you know? it's kind of like a, it's a point-and-click game, but it's third-person shooter sure. as opposed to being an actual yeah. adventure game. You yeah. know, it's just story-driven, mostly. Yeah. Not but everything is Skyrim yeah. or Far Cry 4. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, everyone... There's, there's so many fucking shitty people on the internet that just, like... 
well, this doesn't have this. Well, it's not trying to be that. Yeah, exactly. It's this. It's this well, other I'd, thing. I'd rather have a really good story and a lot of good playability packed mm-hmm. into something like that than an open world game with nothing to do. Yeah. I think that's so much worse when it's like, well, the map is like 15,000 miles wide. It's like, yeah, but there's that, three mini games. I felt games. that way about Skyrim. Yeah. I felt at some points it was just like, how much fucking traveling and shit do I have to <laughs> right. do in this? Like, it becomes a chore how after many, a little yeah, while. It yeah. does. It becomes more of a chore. Yeah. That's why, I, like, that's why I, I prefer the Far Cry series. You've got vehicles and shit. you get got you there vehicles. faster. Fast there's more travel. concise. There's more of a linear story going through it. Yeah. As a, I mean, there is during Skyrim, but it, you could also never fucking you pay attention never do to that. this. Yeah. You could raise chickens. For yeah. Your whole <laughs> yeah life exactly. There. It doesn't even matter. Um. Anyway, uh, what else do we have on our agenda for today to talk about? We want to talk about. I would like to talk about, and for all my Walking Dead fans out there, I know Ian is a Walking Dead fan, but he's not current on the show. Um. But he knows what happened recently. We're yeah. gonna, I'm just letting you guys know we're about to get into some Walking Dead spoilers. And unlike AMC, because what we're going to really talk is about how AMC <laughs> fucking spoiled their own show on television yes. or on the Facebook. I just refer to it as the Facebook, too. The, like, the, the, like an 82-year-old man. <laughs> He's on that the Facebook the over there. Facebook. Um, they spoiled their own show. So Beth dies in the, in the mid-season finale. And it's fucking rough. Yeah, man. it's pretty like, awesome. She, she, uh, <laughs> did you watch it? Uh, we watched the scene. Okay. Yeah, because we just had to see what everybody. And whenever, was talking about. whenever uh, Daryl carries her out, oh. and her, and you know Maggie's walking yeah. up there the same night. It's a fucking bad. It's a really well acted scene. Really yeah. well directed scene. It's kick ass. It's a great moment of television. Yeah. The, and then and then boom, the show. You know, fucking credits <laughs> come up and everything. And within seconds, AMC posts on Facebook a picture of Daryl carrying Beth out of the fucking hospital. It says R.I.P. Beth on it. Which, I know a lot of people will be like, well, fuck it, it aired. If you're a real fan, you'll watch it there. And sure, that's fine. I, I don't. I watch the shows through iTunes, so I watch right. them the next day, and I know enough to stay off the fucking internet. <laughs> right. So I'm not worried about it for me. It didn't air in the West Coast yet, though. <laughs> there's still a couple hours that's there, guys. That's the problem. There's a, there's a couple hour delay there. So even though it aired to everybody else... The entire West Coast was still waiting for it to start, but Facebook doesn't delay for those nope, people. Not even a little so bit. they all knew before the episode <laughs> even started that fucking Beth was dying in the end of it, and Daryl was going to be carrying her out yeah. and shit. Which I think is just such a fucking hilarious blunder. It's amazing when you're when you're a television channel like AMC that seems to really have its finger on the pulse of what's going on, and to blow it on social networking <laughs> in such a huge way to like. Well, this is not the first time they've done this with the uh, the Amazon release of the yes. first season Blu-ray and uh, before the final episode was aired, but there was a documentary that was Shane's last episode. Yes. Before the season two? Uh, I think it was season... Season two or three. The yeah. season that Shane dies. I think it's season one. Doesn't Bef- he die at the end of season it one? It might be. Maybe it is. I don't know if it's that early. Um, I don't remember. But whenever... Sh- the season that Shane dies, the, before the uh, final episode aired... AMC posted the DVDs for pre-order on Amazon. Amazon. Yep. And in it, in description of all the special features on the DVD, the one of the description is Shane's last episode. Making of documentary. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone's like, oh, so fucking Shane dies. Right. Okay. <laughs> now, there is also something to be said about the fact that these books have been out for 10 years, so the spoiler's really been out there in print for yeah, a long time. Yeah, that's true. But also, it's not the same thing. Well, at this true. point, even with like Beth, especially, true. Like, this is not a character that's still alive in the comic no. books. And no, no, not no. For, for quite some time, you know? Yeah. So it, it's... It really kind of is. They really fucked up, you know. It's big time. It's hilarious. It, it, I, I just I don't understand how someone who would be 
appointed to that position to run the social networking for uh, uh, either, you know, The Walking Dead specifically. Right. The, the AMC's The Walking Dead official Facebook page. Right. The person who runs that, like, what a fucking Bush League mistake. Oh, yeah. Like, like, hopefully that person has been replaced. They've never worked in television, evidently. They the, don't like, understand broadcasting. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that person that. no longer runs that Facebook right. page. They, I mean, the next day... Because you get you looked at the thing and I looked at it and all the comments were just like, "Hey guys, it's not fucking aired over here yet," you <laughs> right. know. Like everyone's like, "You dumb fucks! You yeah. just spoiled your own fucking <laughs> season finale," you know. Like, and the the next day they issued a big apology statement, you know, a statement yeah. they're saying, you know, we really we feel bad, we didn't blah blah blah. Yeah, you fucking dummies! You're smart you enough, go, guys. You're smart enough to get to option a fucking preacher, yeah, oh yeah, pilot. Exactly. But uh, <laughs> speaking of Which, pilots oof. and speaking of uh. Donald Glover. We also know Donald Glover uh, announced this week that FX is giving him a pilot. Some kind of thing. So yeah. that's about loosely based on his life as an uh, uh, aspiring Atlanta rapper. Oh. Starring him, written by him, created by him. Very so cool. Obviously, I don't know any it will details be. about it. Yeah. yeah, but that's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's all. It, I think it might be called ATL. I'm not really. No, I think I just made that up. <laughs> you probably just made that. <laughs> I'm up. I'm pretty sure that that's a movie that's got Big Boy from Outcast in it. That might be the ATL, <laughs> but the ATL. I'm pretty sure that for some reason that just came out as what it is to me. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that'll that'll be pretty cool. We love. I mean, I hate to see Donald Glover not be on Community, which hopefully he will be. Yeah. Um, you know they they haven't really announced a lot of information for that. I don't really know when we're even going to get the goddamn. His yacht crashed though. His yacht crashed. Him <laughs> and uh, fucking butterfly in the sky. Lavar Burton. Yeah. Um, more movie news though. Uh, just because we don't want to do a four-hour episode today. Um, big deal today in both Star Trek and Star Wars news. Big thing about Star Trek is that Robert Orkey is out. He is no longer directing. Robert Orkey was one of the people involved with Lost. He's one of right. he's a J.J. Abrams protege with people like Damon Lindelof and Robert Kurtzman and right. Carlton Cuse. Yeah. Uh, he is no longer on, and supposedly um, the powers that be at Par- I think it's Paramount are search are pushing hard to get Edgar Wright in. Yeah. Who obviously with the Simon Pegg connection already has a small connection to right. the production of the whole thing. I but uh taking that into consideration, yeah. 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 Um so what would you think? I mean, now he's no longer attached to Ant Man. He has already been to a certain point trusted with a giant property with, right. with a Marvel movie that yeah. he was almost in charge of. What do you think about him coming into a Star Trek? Uh, I I'm interested to see. I, I like Edgar Wright. I think that he does a really good job of telling really large stories with very small characters. You know, sure. it's always yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, something that's kind of like world encompassing, but is always amongst. I think that'd be really neat to see in something that is about space. Yeah. You know, I think it would be kind of maybe a, a more character driven. Uh, sort of thing. I'd like to see that. I'd be interested. I, I am not a huge Star Trek fan. I'm not really. As, uh, as am I. No, my not. stepdad loves it, you know, yeah. and I've seen a lot of it, but it's not really. I, I thought they were mostly unwatchable um, until J.J. Abrams <laughs> came and got involved. But yeah, that being said, I really enjoyed the first one. I still haven't seen Into Darkness yet, but I loved the first one. I really enjoyed uh, the way it was handled. I enjoyed it yeah. a lot. Um, and so I'd like to see, you know, these characters do sure. more stuff. And, uh, uh, yeah, it'd be really cool to kind of see uh, Edgar Wright do something that uh, would be so big, possibly. Star Trek know. Three: The Search for Scotty. It's all, <laughs> right, it's it's all, all of a sudden, <laughs> Kirk and, and, uh, and Spock are just background characters. It's all about <laughs> it's Scotty. It's all about Scotty now, yeah. 
And all of a sudden he has, and Nick Frost is his new sidekick. Yeah, it's basically Shaun of the Dead <laughs> it's, yeah. in space. It's like, space, just fucking let me do it my way. Like this. Um, and I would like to see him take something a little more uh, serious. You know, that's kind of... I mean, or, not that or his would stuff it isn't be seriously, serious, and that that is another thing. Yeah, are we going to get a, a basically a Star Trek comedy, which I would be totally for? Again, somebody who's not like obsessed with the source material, uh, I'm a little more open to anything they might try with it. You know, um, I do enjoy the people that they have cast uh, in it. Yeah, so I'd like to see them. You really need to see the second one. It's really yeah, great. I, do. I really want to see. It's that. really great. I, I was I was going to let you have it, but then I realized that I don't. Uh, I don't have it on physical copy. I it's bought still it on the Netflix. iTunes store. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, yeah. And speaking of the uh, of space and shit and Star Wars, Star Trek, let's Star Wars, Star Wars news, which is, I mean, at this point, like it's just every day. If Something, we don't get Star yeah. Wars news every day, we're pissed as, <laughs> as a culture right. at this point. Like, um, so we know because of these trading cards that were released, we now know. Uh, the names and the characters of these people and who they will be playing. Right, which I have um, not yet seen. Um, so John Boyega, who is the African-American gentleman in the very beginning, he was right. in Attack the Block, Okay, um, which was an awesome fucking movie. Okay. If I've you didn't see that. that. It's, it's, a, it's a British film. It's very, it's very Edgar Wright-ish. Okay. Um, he didn't make it, though, but it's about like uh, an alien invasion in the... A British hood, if you will. It's okay. very, it's very urban. Right. It's very, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, I can't, African British people. I right. Guess, you know, um, and it's very, <laughs> but it's you know, Cockney is very much you know they're British. Right. And, but they're not putting, they don't, they're starting to think some shit's going down in their neighborhood. Okay. So it's very, very, very cool. Um, so John Boyega is playing a character called Finn. Okay. Um, and uh, we don't really know much more about him other than his name is Finn. His card says Finn on the run, and it shows his picture of him okay. out in the sand. Um, the character of the the girl, the girl played by uh, Daisy Ridley, uh, her character's name is Ray. We know that, R-E-Y. Okay. Um, we know that Oscar Isaac is X-Wing fighter pilot Poe Dameron. Poe Dameron. We don't know who Poe Dameron is, <laughs> but we know his name is Poe Dameron. And we know the Sith warrior is named Kylo Ren. Okay. Kylo, Kylo Ren. Um, so that's all we know so far okay. as far as the characters. Um, oh, we also do know that the little uh, uh, droid is named BB-8. BB-8. Yes, BB-8. And in a recent interview, Mark Hamill said that BB-8 is practical effects. That is, he is not Which a is CGI awesome. character. That is, he said that he got to control the thing on set and drive it <laughs> around a little bit. So that's one of the things that's drawing me into this so much is the use of the practical effects. Yeah, I think that's yeah. Just it's fucking awesome. You know, it's. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that much like Marvel, J.J. Um, Abrams listens to the fucking internet. Yeah. When, and he knows what people want because I also think he is one of us. Right. He does. He doesn't like the fucking prequels. Yeah. Just like we don't fucking like them that right. much, uh, you know. Andrew, our buddy Andrew would disagree, but uh, <laughs> they're not the same as the movies that we love, right? And he wants something that to be his own, to be new, but he wants it to be the same. Have the spirit of the Star yeah. Wars thing, yeah. And the spirit of the Star Wars thing is we'll make that fucking character right, touchable. Yeah, we're gonna make it real. Make we're not it gonna see, CGI yeah. the fuck out of it unless George Lucas gets his hand on it, adds a million, right. a million creatures in the background or something. Well, I think in, in taking in the universe. Again, to not try to make what is just a Star Wars movie, but yeah. to use the things that make it great yes. into yes. a film. You know, these um, airs of 
cowboyness, you know, the western. It has to. It's it has to be uh, a western. It's that's really yeah what it is. That's what the prequels core. did yeah. not get. Yeah, definitely. The, he was trying so hard to force what would be Star Wars, what people yeah. would think of Star Wars without making it be made of the westerns and the samurai films that he loved and Flash Gordon and shit like yeah. that, the stuff that inspired the original And he was Star very Wars. much in, like... I think he was very much in, like, the idea at the time of, like, the MTV generation and, and yeah. getting these people involved. And at one point, NSYNC was rumored to be in the film, and they were going to be running wow. whenever... For real. That's really? not even a bullshit. I, I didn't yeah. know that. That's Because crazy. his daughter was so into him, right. and he was going to put him in, and they were going to be, like, in the... When the Gungans or the or the droid army is coming through the forest and taking the trees out through right. the beginning and they save Jar Jar, supposedly there were going to be some people running at <sighs> one point too. Oh God! Um, just all of it was They're bad. Trying decisions. to sell action figures, you yes. know, tons and tons and tons of characters, and then trying to ham-fistedly shove in every character from the original trilogy. That's, yeah, we don't need to see all of this stuff happening. You the know, origins like, of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It was too much. So I really, I think that JJ's going to fucking knock it out of the park with this. Right, yeah. I, from what I've seen, yeah. It looks, it oh, looks like it's going the right direction. We'll just address this since it's the buzz on the internet too. The whole Sith lightsaber that we oh, see in yeah. the trailer with the hilt on it, with the uh, hand guard. Um, I think the whole fucking thing is cool. I love it. The aesthetic yeah. is very neat. I um, love that the blade seems to be weaker. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be it fully strong. It has such strong. a dirty crackle yeah. when it comes on. It's very homemade. Yeah. He almost like shakes it. Yeah. Whenever it comes like out, it's it not almost like, just like a fucking uh, flashlight that you have to shake the batteries <laughs> yeah. to get it going. It's like, jiggle the crystals in the right place. You like know, he had know. a book on how to make it, but he didn't understand right. all of it, and he fucking figured it out on his own. I, I don't it know. It feels real, and, it's, and that's one of the things that I think is so... Uh, hammered into Star Wars anyway is that the connection of a Force user to their lightsaber sure. and this kind of scene it's, it's the, a character in and of itself and just the dirtiness you know? of it yeah the whole dirtiness of things like things aren't fucking perfect and shiny and smooth right. and everything like well, this why is the after, fuck I mean, do the, the ships just had in, a fucking in, horrible thing why do the fucking there? ships in goddamn Phantom Menace look so much more advanced than the ones that take place 20 years later right well in their, I guess in their time before frame. the war you know I mean, sure. there are wars there, and shit of, none of that shit's hanging around we just started making shit like blocks yeah, that's, after a while that's kind of what I thought was strange yeah I was, we went from these fucking beautiful ships who was like that's like the idea of like if we had a war in America then like shit got fucked up here really bad we would start making cars that looked like cars from the 70s for some <laughs> yeah. reason it's like we don't know how to make yeah, new this cars is, this is just we gonna... forgot in the war so we're just gonna make fucking <laughs> gremlins and fucking Chevelles we don't know how to <laughs> right. fucking do anything this else this is all like, we can do which would be cool if they started making old Chevelles yeah, yeah that would be pretty yeah. badass actually that would be really awesome yeah <laughs> um, so Nerdiness aside, as far as all of our nerdy stuff we've been talking about, uh, we have not discussed much music. Oh, yeah. And we gave everybody a couple albums to listen to. Um, one of those albums is the new Wu-Tang album, which is called but, A Better yeah, Tomorrow. I did not even... Ian didn't listen one. to it because I told him not to. <laughs> because it's really bad. It's really not good. Just some bad news um, to hear. It's uninspiring. It's like every other Wu-Tang album since the first couple. Uh, it's so strange what Wu Tang is in the world of of hip hop. Wu Tang is royalty. Wu Tang is like like fucking a Pink Floyd or a Rolling Stones right. or a Led Zeppelin in the world of of hip hop. Like they are a forefathers. They are royalty. They are grandfathered into being great. No matter what right. you walk, they get respect wherever they're at. You Ghostface is in something. Method Man's in something. Right. All these people, RZA. All these people are known. Some of their solo albums are looked at like classic albums, but. They've never captured that first album again. Right. That first album, 36 Chambers, Into the 36 Chambers, is one of the most genius, not just hip-hop albums, but albums ever made. 
It's genius. It's it's the perfect concept of this kung fu movies and hip hop and right. this grimy fucking Staten Island hip hop, and it just worked. It was it was it captured a perfect thing in a moment, and it's genius. There, the next album has some fucking beautiful points and it's amazing things, including their greatest song, in my opinion, which is a song called Triumph, okay. which doesn't even have a chorus. It has nine verses yeah. from nine different rappers, never a hook. There's nothing that, there's no, everybody going to hang out, there's no fucking <laughs> right. song where there's no part where everybody sings. It's just this guy's verse, this guy's verse, this guy's verse, this guy's verse. ODB checks in and calls everybody motherfuckers and we go back to having some more verses. That's it. And it's one, I mean, like it's, I said the other day on a post I put on Facebook, it's the stairway to heaven of hip-hop. It's super right. long. It's progressive. <laughs> it's not, I mean, and, and it's legendary. Right. And after that, everything has sucked. Everything has sucked. <laughs> Every single thing they've come up with has been uninspired. It's been them trying to capture this first album. Right. And this is just another example of that. It's just... I feel bad for people who are really hardcore Wu-Tang fans. I'm a fan of Wu-Tang. I really like the Wu-Tang Clan. I consider, like I said, that first album to be one of the most important albums of all time. But it's got to be hard to be a Wu-Tang Clan fan yeah. because they don't bring it like they did that one time. Right. Like, they just haven't. Everything's going to let you down a little bit. Yeah. Everything's going to fucking be <laughs> iron flag. Oh, that was all right. You know, the killer bees shit. Everything they do is just like... I guess it's it's you know it's sort of Wu-Tang, but it's right. not like it used to be. Um, so that's there's our review of the new Wu Tang Clan album. Um, don't bother, in my opinion, <laughs> it's just not worth it. Ouch. Um, you can and it, it, they fucking all hate each other too. Like yeah. they don't get along, and you can hear it. You're not going to make a good album. Do something else. Right. Do something you're inspired yeah, to do. Yeah, definitely. Don't try to just make a new Wu Tang Clan out. album because people say they want that. Yeah. You know, there's one thing about listening to the internet and giving them what they want. It's one thing that's just like you're fucking pushing it. Sometimes, <laughs> right. sometimes you got to tell the internet they're fucking Sorry, crazy. Guys. That yeah, they can't, it's not that's gonna not going to work. Yeah. Um, besides that, our second album was the new Basement Tapes, um, which is fucking phenomenal. It's amazing. Yeah, I loved it. I really enjoyed that. Uh, there were I'm I know of Dylan a little bit, and sure. I, what I've heard, I like. I like the whole singer songwriter thing. I've always sure. enjoyed that. Um, but I really like um, you know different takes on styles. That's what I always enjoy, kind of hearing somebody else's words done differently. And that's what I felt like this was from what I know. You know, it's taking that idea that I have of Bob Dylan and hearing it done with a little bit more of the blues, rhythm and blues thing with the Carolina Chocolate Drops sure. stuff. And, uh, but, yeah, I really, uh, I really dug it. A bunch of really good musicians doing really fucking great yeah. lyrics. I mean, it's... If you don't know what happened, um, the, the new Basement Tapes is the name of the band, actually. Um, the album is called Lost on the River. <laughs> um, yeah, it's okay. Uh, basically, what happened was um, someone discovered a stash of unfinished Bob Dylan lyrics from 1967 when they were recording the basement tapes with the band, right. a Big Pink. Um, Dylan found them. Dylan, uh, his publisher, offered them over to T-Bone Burnett. T-Bone Burnett, which I don't have the time to sit here and explain <laughs> to you who T-Bone Burnett is. Right. Just go look him up. He's <laughs> fucking involved in a lot of yeah. good stuff. He's a great producer. He's put together a lot of stuff like the Walk the Line soundtrack yeah. and a lot of things like that. Um, so he put together a super group of Americana, folky, yeah. blues musicians. Um, Elvis Costello, uh, Rhiannon Giddens from the Carolina Chocolate Drops, uh, Jim James from My Morning Jacket, Taylor Goldsmith from Dawes, and Marcus Mumford 
uh, from obviously from Mumford and Sons. So, and not only are these people great musicians, they're all lead vocalists too. Right. So they all sing their own songs here. So they take these these songs. Now we're 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 talking about is the deluxe version, which is the twenty track version. Right. Um, and so because of it, there are different takes on the same lyrics. Yeah. Different people play different songs. Which might have been my favorite thing about that. It's a really interesting idea, yeah. the way that they did that like that. Like, they just gave these people these lyrics and said, make songs out of them right. together or solo or however yeah. you do it. Um, and we're going to listen a little bit of that, right, real quick. There was a, a song or a, a couple songs called Heidi, Heidi Ho. Which I really liked. <laughs> I, the Jim James version of it's my favorite song off the album, yeah. probably. But uh, Jim James did a version of it. And then uh, Rhiannon from Carolina Chocolate Drops did the other version. Right. Of it. And they are two completely different versions yeah. of the song. Um, so here we go. This first one, this is Heidi, Heidi Ho, number 11. And this is uh, Jim James's version. Now, out of the whole album, I think this one sounds the most like a Bob Dylan song. Right. He looked at me as if to say, you'll make him mistake. I do not frighten easily, yet no weapons I possess. No matter what you think, son, you, you better So that's the Jim James version of the song, which I really, like I said, I think that's probably my favorite song on yeah, the album. I really dug that one a lot. Um, and it's definitely like in a, there's like a jazzy saunter to it, like that kind of thing going in the background, you know. And then, and then this here, this is Rhiannon's version of it. Which is almost like an R and B kind of. Yeah. Uh, when I say R and B, I don't mean like Rihanna R and B. I mean like old rhythm, <laughs> rhythm and, blues and blues type yeah. music. And I mean, this has a totally different feel to it. It almost has a. Like a like an old slave spiritual thing almost to it. Yeah. It's got that dark. It's definitely not that minor key. It's yeah. got that. You hear that picking mandolin in the background of it. There's a little smoky lounge kind yeah. of thing going on too. Well, I feel like her voice is doing something different than the music almost. Yeah. She's got such an incredible voice. So yeah, that's that's a really fucking awesome couple tunes on the thing, and I, yeah. I think that uh, one thing we've learned from listening to it <laughs> is that Ian is a huge fan of Dawes. Apparently so, yeah. yeah. Uh, the songs I enjoyed on there tended to be done by him. I really liked um, uh, the. Uh, I know you dug Spanish Mary. Yeah, a lot. Spanish Mary is a great. That's a really song. great song. 
If you don't know much about Dawes, that's another band that everybody out there should really check out. They're a really great Americana rock band. Yeah. Uh, they've backed Robbie Robertson from the band, which is another, which is a really cool thing because Robbie Robertson played on the original Basement tapes. Right. So there's just like there's like a cyclical nature that's to all cool. this. Yeah, with it. I didn't yeah. think about that. Um, I love the band. That's. Oh, oh absolutely. Good Spanish. Shit. But Spanish Mary though is a, is a really cool song. We'll uh we'll take a listen to that one so you guys can get a get a taste of this one. This one is Spanish Mary and this one is with a uh, Taylor Goldsmith from Dawes singing this one. Yeah, this is the chick from the Chocolate Drops, I think. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah this is the for chick yeah. from the Carolina Chocolate Drops, yeah. So uh, those two are obviously your favorites. What was it um uh When I get my hands on you, that was the one that I really liked. When I get my hands on you is probably my favorite one. In Kingston town of high degree The buffoon, the fool, the fairy Oh my gosh, she has an incredible voice. It's so amazing. And this has such like a gypsy sort yes. of groove to it that I really like. Yeah. For the love of Spanish Mary It definitely does. It definitely has, uh, yeah... Way better than Cher doing Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Which I dig that. I love that uh, that sort of folky. Yeah, that groove to this is just... And that that electric in the background is just very, very, yeah, like tribal yeah. or... or um, Romani, yeah. Traveler's music, yeah. So all in all, I mean, it has a lot of really great songs on this album. There is, uh, and like you said, the, the song When I Get My Hands On You... Um, one of the Taylor Goldsmith songs here. He does have, he has a really interesting voice as well. Yeah. I tend to like the really subdued stuff on this sure. album. I really liked that a lot. And Which this one is very, very subdued. Yeah. It's, it's very minimalistic, which I think is very cool. Um, when I get my hands on you. But it's definitely an album that you should check out if you oh, have a yeah. chance to... Uh, it's it's on iTunes right now. It's uh, it's got a lot of really great stuff on it. It's got uh, oh god, there's like the song Liberty Street is really yeah, great. Liberty Street was great. Um, Mary to my hack was awesome. Uh, you like down another, on the down on the river, yeah, right on the bottom. Down on the bottom is a great song. Yeah, that's a really good song. Liberty Street, the piano. So anyway, we would we will give this album. I'm going to give this one thumbs up. Yeah, me too. I, I actually probably go so far as to say this has been my favorite one this year. Really? So far, yeah. Very I, awesome. I've, yeah. I have found myself uh, even off and on during the time. I'm still listening to it. Sure. This is one that's not going to go off my phone for a while. I really enjoyed this. It's it's. It, I mean, how can you miss though? I mean, yeah. you have one of the greatest lyric writers of all time. Right. Arguably the greatest lyric writer of all time. <laughs> right. Mixed with, you know, five or six of the greatest fucking songwriters and front people. And, and it hits me in all those today. places, the the Irish folk stuff of the yes. Mumford dude and uh-huh. the, the little bluesiness, the rhythm. Yeah, we didn't really stuff. talk about Marcus Mumford uh, being on the No, I th- he, uh, Kansas City is a great song. Yes. I think it's really cool, good folksy little song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it, all around, it's just a fucking great album if you really like, you know, that sort of... Uh, bluegrass or blues or jazzy stuff i mean it's got a little bit of all of that good shit you know it's you definitely Americana. hear the people in it yeah yeah um, they all kind of yeah the Can- kansas city you immediately hear the marcus mumford of it all it's nice having a lead guitarist behind him too. Yeah, Jim James does a really cool solo in this song yes. that I love. Like that stuff is really neat. Kind of getting to see these guys work with other people. 
It's really cool to hear Marcus Mumford with a full drummer behind him. <laughs> yeah. And I know they have drums in the in the mo- I'm I'm I I'm sorry. I I don't want to offend any Mumford and Sons fans out there. I I do enjoy <laughs> Mumford and Sons. I think they're a good band. I just always looked at them as like a poor man's Avid Brothers kind yeah. of. Yeah. Um so, but Avid Brothers have kind of been you know, disappointment the last couple albums anyway. Yeah, but, that, I agree with that too. Um so home state fellas check it out check out the the new basement tapes lost on the river uh get the deluxe edition definitely. the 20 tracks it's every track on it's really good oh yeah um it's it's definitely gonna hit you somewhere else every song is gonna is gonna get you we didn't even talk about the elvis costello songs on there elvis right, costello yeah, is, is being awesome the fucking awesome man that elvis costello is throughout all of it um it's really good it's got a lot of great music on it. And like you said, even the musicianship and like the stuff that's not just the singing, like having some electric guitar, some really good lead guitar and stuff, yeah. and soloing behind Marcus Mumford, who is usually in this other, this very Acoustic. straightforward one, two, yeah, three, that, you know, it's, stomping bass drum. It's fucking. cool to see them work with other people like that. And they're all fucking amazing musicians. So you can't, you know, they, they just work so well together. It's uh, it's a great experience all around. Yeah. Um, I, I, Again, you know, I'm a huge Bob Dylan fan. You right. Know, like my, if my wife and I have a son, we'll name him Dylan. Like <laughs> right. I fucking love Bob Dylan. He, uh, and if we have a daughter, we'll name her Johanna. Like we've, <laughs> we've come up with names after Bob Dylan stuff. Right. Uh, and like, I think this is such a fucking awesome, awesome thing. Like, leave it to T-Bone Burnett. And once you look up T-Bone Burnett, you'll understand that he's one of the coolest motherfuckers out there. Like he, especially in the world of Americana and roots music right. in America and stuff like that. Like he's probably like, he's kind of like the Martin Scorsese. Like yeah, not right. only is he making it, he's also like trying to preserve it. And then and you got all these great people interpreting this guy in different ways. You know, they're, they're all, uh, showing how Dylan influenced them in their musical. Styles, oh yeah. You know? And that's very cool. Uh, get to see that. Um, and another, another big music thing that happened this week is the first time we know that next year, that we're going to get the first Modest Mouse album in eight fucking yeah. years. It's been eight years since we were dead before the ship even Oof, sank. Which is an, a fucking great album. I yeah. love that album so much. Uh, March. We know that March uh, we're going to get the new LP titled Strangers to Ourselves. Okay. Um, on Monday, we will see uh, a new single called Lampshades on Fire, which is actually an old track that's been a live track since for the past four or five years now. Okay. Um, so... I'm looking forward to this. I'm not the biggest uh, Modest Mouse fan, but I really love those last... I love... Uh, we Were Dead Before the Ship Even Sank, and I really love good news good for news. people who yeah. love bad news. That is such a good album. And I know it's probably not cool to say that you love that album, but I fucking love that album. That's it. It's their two best shit, really. Or at least I've always thought so. I love those albums so much, and I really like the uh, the whole fucking sort of sailor shit that it feels like on uh, the ship was... Now, yes. <laughs> tonight, um, if you if you're into this, uh, I don't know if you guys know what K Rock is. K R O Q out of uh, L A. They're a big, they're probably the biggest rock radio station in the world. Um, and tonight is the 25th annual uh, K R O K, the K Rock Almost Acoustic Christmas. Mm. Um, and Modest Mouth is, is playing at it. Oh, cool! So that's going to be really cool. Um, I'm. Not sure. I'm trying to look up really quick um, who is all playing. I want to say that we are getting... Oh, no, that was last night. Last night we got System of a Down, Lincoln Park, Rise Against, Incubus, Bush, Fallout Boy, uh, Walk the Moon, New Politics, and Royal Blood. 
Um, but tonight, I am not seeing here. Oh, there it is. There's the actual. Uh, and this starts at 5.30 Pacific time. So this is going to start any second now. So okay. by the time you fucking <laughs> hear this, it's going to be over. But uh, <laughs> we will put it up on the Facebook page real quick. So everybody can see that this is uh, playing tonight because this is obviously something that's going to be really cool to see. Right. Um, I'm just trying to see who's actually playing tonight. Uh, I would love to have seen System of a Down last night yeah. do some acoustic stuff. Uh, that would have been really cool. Tonight, uh, Weezer, Smashing Pumpkins, No Doubt, Modest Mouse, Interpol, Imagine Dragons, Alt-J, Vance Joy, and Tears for Fears. Okay. So last night was a lot heavier, Yeah. obviously. Um uh, update, you two will no longer be performing due to Bono's recent bicycling, bicycling injury. Fuck him. He busted um, both testicles. Yeah, he didn't have them to begin with. <laughs> um, so, you know, not really the best show to pitch check out tonight, to be honest with you. But No Doubt sounds really cool. If they're being No Doubt and not they, being Gwen yeah, Stefani, play the, the just play Tragic shit. Kingdom yeah, all the way all through. that's all I want to hear. Um, <laughs> but speaking of Smashing Pumpkins, that is going to be one of our albums for the next Freshly Baked Crackers album club. The new one. We're going to be talking about the new Smashing Pumpkins album, which is called Moments to an Elegy. Um, or an Elegy. Elegy? Elegy? I think it's Elegy. We'll all listen to it together and figure it out. Thesaurus. Um, so that, I've, I've listened to a little bit off of it, and I've, I've enjoyed what I've heard so far. Um, we'll be doing that. We'll be listening to a little hip-hop, too. We'll listen to Forest Hills Drive, the new uh, album by J. Cole, which okay. actually, we're not. We're only going to listen to the first album. The other part of our podcast, we're going to start a new hip-hop-centric section of the podcast. And this new section is called Ian Listens to a Classic Hip-Hop Album. <laughs> so every, every podcast, I will assign Ian a hip-hop album. He will listen to it in between our episodes, and then he will come back and give his impressions as an uninitiated hip-hop fan right a guy who doesn't know a ton about hip-hop but I've, likes, I've but likes hip-hop bit. yeah i've got a little bit of knowledge uh, but it doesn't have the broad yeah. scope of things that a lot of uh, nobody showed me much do. more so than the chronic we are going know? to teach ian about hip-hop i'm excited so since we talked about it today your new your assignment is enter the 36 chambers okay by the wu-tang, the first wu-tang album. okay um shaolin shadow boxing <laughs> and the wu-tang sword style <laughs> if what you say is true the shaolin and the wu-tang could be dangerous do you think your Wu-Tang sword can defeat me? These are the questions will be answered as you listen to this album. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, you're going to enjoy that. This is going to be really excited, interesting. Yeah, so strap in. So, first, uh, so everybody listen to the new Smashing Pumpkins album. Um, if you don't know the first fucking uh, Wu-Tang Clan album, give it, a, with me. give it a chance, give it a listen. And uh, we are going to, we're going to post on our Facebook page. We're going to uh, start putting links to all the stuff we're listening to through Spotify. So if you guys don't have any way to, Download or if you don't want to buy this stuff or whatever, we'll have Spotify links up so you can check this music out too. Fair stuff. Yeah. So we will have a link up uh, today to the Freshly Baked Crackers uh, Spotify account, and you will find playlists for all of the albums we've reviewed so far, plus Ian's new hip hop mm. homework. <laughs> and that's about all we got for this installment of the podcast. Unless you can think of anything else oh, you want to talk I about, think I'm good. We uh, we hit all the good stuff this week. Yeah. Um, so everybody, uh, it's going to be 
For the next couple of weeks, it's going to be a little strange. We won't have a podcast until uh, the first of the year because Ian is going to be going back home. Yeah, I'll be vacaying. Uh, but we might have a couple interesting uh, one-offs. He might uh, be doing a couple over where, from uh, over in Carolina. I might be doing here some in the Lou. Um, but either way, we do have upcoming guests. Uh, we're going to have local hip-hop producer King Cannon and local rapper Buff Gutta on the podcast pretty soon. Very nice. Um, we're working out some other ones that are going to be pretty awesome. If we can get the Skype thing figured exciting out here, we're going to have some really exciting ones, um, some legit big-name people coming on to this podcast, which is fucking super exciting yeah, for both of us. Thrilling. Um, so that's about it. So be tuned for the next couple, um, and uh, we will see you soon. If we don't talk to you before, have a really good Christmas. Merry or Christmas I'm sorry, have a happy holidays. Yeah, we, we let anyone come listen to this yeah. podcast. Yeah. Because even though you and I celebrate Christmas, we are not Christians. Right. So we really don't need to (laughs) take any kind of stand about keeping Christ in Christmas. Yeah, I shall not have a problem with it. Enjoy whatever end-of-the-year holiday you choose or none, (laughs) if you like that, too. If you just want to skip it, just go to work. Just go to... uh, You can... You can celebrate uh, gaming, gaming mus, and just and just buy yourself a game for gaming's sake, (laughs) or you can have comic mus and buy yourself a comic book. (laughs) There you go. Treat yourself right at the end of the year, everyone. Enjoy your (laughs) holiday, and uh, thanks a lot for listening. Thanks very much.